This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to our 2018 New Year's special. Um, with us we have Sam Down. Hello. Tom Sleeman. Hello. And Adam Price. Hello. Um, apologies for, because I have a bit of a cold. I, do either any of you have colds or anything like that? I've had one. I'm feeling perfect. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> um, so apologies for that. Uh, but hopefully... Uh, it'll all be fine. Um, roughly, we're going to first half. Of this is going to break down as a um, a discussion about Argyle's uh, first half of the season so far, principally what went wrong and what we were going to what we think should be done to rectify it. And then after that, we'll break out into our 2018 quiz, uh, which will be a mega quiz with a winner. But um, who wants to go first? Sam, shall I throw it to you? Sam, Go you, on then. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll have, I'll, I'll have my rant. What's going all. wrong? Well, I think we're on track for quite simply. I, I think what can only be described as the most unnecessary relegation of all time. The reason I say unnecessary is because it isn't due to lack of quality or lack of ability. Because we've got the right players in the squad, but we're using them either not using them at all or using them in all the wrong order. I um, mean, just a brief precinct of where it's gone. We started the season with broadly the right um, shape and formation, but with one player obviously unavailable, which at that time was Sarsovic. We, after one game in the League Cup, um, which was a completely unique game in the sense that we would very rarely need to set up like that for the league, made a whole load of changes. Um, that didn't work. We then tried this weird formation where we had about five central midfielders on the pitch. That didn't work. I think then we went back to four-two-three-one, and that worked a little bit better, but still not ideally. Um, and then, but when we finally did go back to the best formation, the uh, the four two three one four three three, whatever you want to call four, it, three, two, four three two one. Four, Nick, Nick's put me right there. Four three two one with uh, Fox deep, Starsovic and Ness just ahead, and then um, Kerry and Lemire side by side of Taylor as it was. We we finally did get that formation, but we still didn't quite play the right personnel. So we've kind of gradually added Derek Adams. It seems like he's sort of playing pin the tail on the donkey, just kind of getting gradually a little bit nearer to his best team, then pulling away from it again. Um, so it's partly the lack, partly the tactical blunders that have been made, not playing the best formation, best personnel. But I think you'd have to be remiss not to 
at least have a little bit of a look at the personnel not being good enough in some areas, such as primarily right back and centre back. Right back and centre back. He, maybe goalkeeper even to good form. Mason started very well, but he's dipped dipped a lot since. Now you know that I disagree with that, Sam. I think that yeah. the defence has been hung out to dry an awful lot, and that yeah. a very weak midfield, one that's been for the first half of the for the first quarter of the season, was woefully unable to retain possession. With with Songo put into that David Fox role and. Obviously, he's not going to play the same way as Fox. And all of a sudden, Argyle didn't really have that controlling, passing influence that was David Fox. Uh, Mm -hmm. That obviously led to issues at the start of the season. Um, And then uh, just another thing that you you seem to overlook, in my opinion, is that every player in football makes mistakes. But when a striker makes a mistake, it sort of gets overlooked. They're so far from goal, nothing really negative comes from it unless they're missing a big chance. But, you know, Carey, Lemiris, all the, they dribble the ball out of play sometimes. They get unnecessarily tackled sometimes, but nothing comes of it. Midfielder makes that mistake. Bit more of an issue, but at the end of the day, defence mops it up most times. But when a defender makes a mistake, and all players make mistakes, but when a defender makes a mistake, these get highlighted more than any other for the number one reason that they're the closest to goal and, you know, they are far more likely to lead to a goal-scoring opportunity, a goal-scoring chance. I've forgotten one, and that's obviously if a goalkeeper makes a mistake, and if that happens, the odds on a goal are, you know, sky high. So I, I think a major reason why the defence has been so poor this year is because they've been constantly exposed to playing a style that doesn't work for the entire team. Um, yeah, people talk about Viner's pace and you would solve this or that problem. Viner very rarely had to deal with issues like that when he played in centre-back. And the only times he did when we played Charlton and when we played Gillingham, they were the only times he was really exposed. And each time he's, he suffered like any centre-back would. Without protection, defenders look weak. They always do. And you know that, that for me gets to the heart of what's really been wrong. It's been midfield. But to be fair, you say I disagree with you, but then I probably disagree with you. I probably agree with you more than probably 80 or 90% of Argyle fans who are kind of blaming <laughs> primarily the defence. I mean, I agree with you that the midfield is the biggest factor, but I think it's the biggest of two big factors, the second being the defensive personnel. So I kind of, I, I, I may disagree with you a bit, but I still agree with you more than most people do. It's true. I suppose we're debating yeah. the, the fine details. Yeah, not narcissism of small differences, I think. Yeah, sure. I mean, we've... I just want to like pick up on the stuff that's been discussed already. So, I mean, if we look at what Nick said about defenders making mistakes, and yeah, I agree, everybody makes mistakes, and the further back you are, the more likely you are to be punished with a goal against, and the more likely you are to be in the spotlight for that. I mean, just look at Songo at the weekend, if, or not at the weekend, on Boxing Day. If, say, Ladapo or Kerry had made that mistake, the chance would either be someone right behind them to mop it up. The problem we've had is that the defence have been exposed, and as is natural the more things the defence have to do, the more likely it is that one of those mistakes will be made. Now, exactly. why, are, why are the defence being that exposed? Well, because last season we had the protection in midfield of Sarsvich and Ness's, and particularly Sarsvich, I must say, their defensive abilities, meaning that we didn't have an exposed Fox in the middle. This season we've had occasions where Fox and Songo have been played and the entire midfield has been so easy to bypass and the defence has been completely exposed to anything they want to put forward to it. And as I say, the, the more things they do, the more chance there is, I think, to keep drilling into that point, that they will be making mistakes. And it's no coincidence, therefore, that there have been more defensive mistakes this season. I don't think it's necessarily because we've got worse personnel, although I would say our defence is 
slightly worse on that aspect than it was last season, but only slightly, not to the extent that some people are making out. But they just have more to do. And it's no coincidence, therefore, that more goals conceded have happened as a result of defensive errors. So yeah. I think, you know, it's it's something that can it can't realistically be rectified by bringing players in and, for example, as you say, Zach Vine or anybody else we've been linked with. It can only be rectified by giving the defence the sufficient protection they need from midfield. And if they get that, they'll have less things to do, there'll be less mistakes, and hopefully less goals conceded. And that's the way to fix the defence. It's not simply buying a new back five and hoping it all slot into place, because we'll have exactly the same issues we do now. Mm. A lot of people have been pointing to Bradley and saying, yeah, Bradley would solve this problem. But you look at Bradley's limitations, they're just the same as some of the players we currently have. Bradley was... We all knew that Bradley was not good with dealing um, with players running at him. Think, think back to when Jack Marriott scored against Peterborough, and there was a flood of comments on Twitter and Facebook. Oh, yeah, that's Bradley, you know, caught out by a fast striker. But you know, these things go to the back of your mind when you're reminiscing about good times and saying, "Oh, yeah, those good times were because of that individual." You know, mm-hmm. as like people talking about, uh, you know, we need people, players who care and the passion, but. You know, passion didn't do a damn thing when we had Songo, Bradley, McCormick, very passionate players playing in the first half of last season when we were still bottom. Got very little to do with passion at this stage. I don't think the players aren't trying. I think the tactics are failing. Tom? I think Songo's got enough passion for the rest of the team put together. I'll (laughs) I'll, I'll let Tom come in. I think a big thing of it, really, stability. I mean, if you look at our back five last season, it almost wrote itself, didn't it? You had Matthews, Sawyer, Bradley, Mm. Viner and Threlkeld there. But if you look at this season, how often have we played the same back five two weeks on the trot? I mean, it's we're halfway through the season here and Adams almost doesn't know his own back, best back five. He doesn't okay. know his best team, to be fair. I don't think it just, it's just the back five. But right, the only stretches there have been, really, was that Moore, Edwards, um, Peter Grant and Sm- was it Smith-Brown. No, it's Connor Grant. No, no, it was Smith-Brown, yeah. No, it was Smith-Brown. Yeah, it was Smith-Brown. Yeah. Then there was the run of Moore, Songo, Canavan, Smith-Brown. No, that was Conor Grant, sorry. That was it. That was Conor Grant, yeah. yeah. So those the only, like I say, those are the only runs we've really had of defense, defensive stability. I mean, admittedly, a lot of it's down to the injuries we've had this season, but I think if we had a fully fit, fully strength side, I still don't know that, I still don't know that Adams would know who his best back five are. I mean, it's we're still half through the season. I don't think we've even seen our best midfield three on a regular basis, yeah, have we? In, in position, uh, in the right, in what we would determine as the right posi- formations, um, they started the game against Shrewsbury until half time, and they started and played the full game against Fleetwood. And I think that's it. So you you would you would say our best back five in position wise, and you'd go Riley, Songo, Canavan, Conor Grant, or Smith Brown. Smith Brown for me, over Conor Grant even. No, I'd say Smith Brown. Fair enough. I, I mean, I, I kind of get the argument that Smith Brown isn't that bad. He's being let down by players around him. Isn't but that think... what's, what's he been doing wrong recently? No, not a lot to be fair. I think Conor Grant just generally did more though in terms of getting the distribution down the line, overlapping a bit more, underlapping a bit more. I can kind of agree with your argument that Smith Brown is being harshly treated, but to say he's done better than Conor Grant did at left back is is very kind to him for me. Well, I... Conor Grant, Conor Grant wasn't there for very long though, was he? he? Didn't really have a game in which he was actually exposed by the opposition. He played against weaker teams in the league where we had more possession of the ball and therefore he wasn't pressed as often by wingers. And then you look at the, mm. the only, you know, he had a relatively tough game against Sunderland or on paper 
and yet Lyndon Gooch, who we thought was going to be right winger and take him on, played left wing against Safari Moore, and all Sunderland's attacks came down the right. They barely even, you know, they barely even went for him. I think that's a consistent trend, though. In most games we played, attacks didn't come down the right. I wonder if that's because um, maybe that was targeted that way because opposition teams did actually know that Moore would be a weaker target than Grant, possibly. Because generally Moore is a bit more mistake prone. I mean, and I know, also I, Fox, I don't know either, Fox yeah. has been right defensive mid. That, exactly. Well, yeah. So, I think, so, I, so that, is it just that the space? Yeah. The space is opening up that way. Maybe, maybe, but I do. I also think it's more. I mean, I know that you, me, and you disagree a little bit about the defense, but you, you will at least agree that more isn't very good, right? Even if not, even if not the others. I, I think more's better than some people are giving him credit for, and I think they're focusing on a lot of the bad things he's done. And I, I, I don't think that mentality plays. Qu- I, I think people pick and choose when they want to throw mentality into it. Often, this is one time where I look at more and think that he he started to spiral a bit, and we saw more and more mistakes emerging as people got on his back more and more. Um, <laughs> more and more. Um, yeah. that was not intended in a terrible joke. I shouldn't have laughed. Um, I, yeah, I think he's going to be a player who's going to grow and improve. And I think if we stick with him, there could be some benefit to it. But at the moment, he's you know he is a clear scapegoat. He was a face of the side that were going down. Sort of, you know, people were happy to point at him. Say, yeah, he's why. As uh, as much as I'll probably sound like a broken record and bore off a few listeners. Freddie Ladapo time. I wasn't necessarily, it wasn't directly Ladapo. I was just going to point out the stat that I like to point out every week about the front six playing zero minutes together has not uh, helped yes. at all. So like, that is all, that is all. I always have to throw it in there somewhere. Just, didn't, didn't just to specify, by, like... by the front six, you mean Fox, Sarsvich, Ness, Lemiris, Carey, Taylor has spent yeah. zero minutes on the pitch together this season. There we go. As we approach the new year. And that uh, that is horrific. I've, sorry, just very quickly. There was um. Yeah. Th- sorry, Sam. I shouldn't be cussing in. But there's um. Uh, there's a, a great guy on Twitter called um, Gabriel Sutton. Um, I can't remember what name his blogs off the top of my head. Um, but I I was able to convince him in his early season preview. Well, I, I had the Argyle pinned at about tenth, somewhere between seventh and tenth potentially, thinking that we'd use the system. He went, you know, he went even more OTT. He put us down as fourth, purely based on that system, how successful it had been this year, and the fact that we kept everyone together. And to think that it's going to be January, and they still haven't spent a minute on the pitch together, that's absolutely mind-blowing. What I, what I was going to say is I, I, I've spoken to some people about how the, the, the remarkable stat of the zero minutes that front six spent together and people have kind of said, well, is that not a bit of a, a technicality that kind of, you know, mostly it's been any given five of them, but one's been in and out. And I'm like, no, not at all. I think even even any given five of them have only spent about 100 odd minutes together. Is that not right? Uh, any- it's, it's not quite that low. Like that. I, I couldn't tell you entirely off the top of my head. I have to check. Um but it's um, the, the given five. It's very rare you'll get any given five on the pitch at once, isn't it? Of that, of that six. Yeah, well, hang on, give me a second. I might be able to find you yeah. something. Like, yeah, it's not just a technicality stat, is it? Of like, oh, you know, technically they've not all played together, but it has been mostly that six. Not at all, because even there's been so much um, time where that, where that, um, you know, all of that six or five of that six have been available and not used. Here we go. So this, this was. Uh, how long back was this? This was 20th of December, I said this. Um, mm. Out of the 26 games, the non-checker trade, 26 games, all six mm. have been fit and available for eight games, but started none together. 
At least five have been available on a further 13 occasions, and on those occasions the five available have started four times. That's four out of 13, in which at least five have been available, but not all five have started. So it's completely shooting self in the foot then, isn't it? 100%, without a doubt. Uh, yeah, but at the same time you've got to factor in that part of that was Joel Grant starting because he was in good form. True. A, b- a bit of but it. But I think... Yeah, I mean, we're going to move on the positive. That takes us nicely. One of my positives was going to be Joel Grant because I think, in a way, it's paradoxical because I'm calling for him to be dropped. Yet he has had an inarguably had a good season, but I just think that it's when it when it is going so badly overall, you've got to go back to what works. Although, if we are looking at positives, I think Joel Grant has come on hugely in this game this season. He's yeah. one of the ones who I genuinely hear been quite good. Sorry, um, Adam or Tom were no, coming no, in. Then. Go on. Um, you were like, yeah, I was just about it. I was just going to say that whilst um, I get the, I guess the positive is whilst if I, you know, if I, you know, the ideal manager were appointed tomorrow, I hopefully they would go back to the best front six. But the good news is, that if any of um, Kerry or Lemiras were to be injured, I'd be a lot more confident in Grant to come in now than I would have been before. I think that's it. I think if we're not going to have the front six that we've all been crying out for for about five months, then we'll. If if somebody has to come in, then you look at the way Joel Grant has improved his game, the way he does play more inside. He's playing a little bit more like Lemiras and Kerry did last season. So if it was a case of you start five out of the six, Joel Grant could, I think, in theory, come in for any of the two, I say wide men, the two, Kerry and Lemiras. The, inside I'll call them forwards. Inside forwards, the one. There we go. But um, I, I, I feel like he, Joel Grant could be the man to step in, say, if there's an injury or one of them's out of form or fallen out of favour for whatever reason, then I'd feel a lot more confident about Joel Grant coming in than anybody else that we'd have as an option there. So, yeah, I agree with Sam. I think Joel Grant's a positive. Mm. I'd still drop him. But, you know, I I still think that if we do need to call on somebody from this season that's been a positive that could fit into last season's system, he'd be the one. Yeah. I still think that amongst all the doom and gloom, the, the main positive is that we're not adrift at the bottom of the league still. I mean, if we if we beat um, Burton or Oxford, we could easily find ourselves out of the relegation zone. I mean, we're on we're on twenty points at the minute, and then you look at, you look up to the table, and then even up to eighth, you've only got you've got uh, Blackpool, and they're only fourteen points ahead of us. We're only halfway through. Only the fourteen. Fourteen. We're on twenty I mean, points, and they're on thirty-four. Yeah, but you say only fourteen, as though that's you know an easily bridgeable gap. Well, I don't, I'm, I don't mean as in our goal from there to eighth. We're not. I'm not saying we're going to finish eighth. Okay, well, I've got you. I've got you. I'm saying. Sorry, that... I thought you had your eyes on another run, oh, no. another post-Christmas not, run like last time. Not at time. all. Not at all. No, I just feel that, that as though, with amongst all the doom and gloom, that gap seems a lot bigger than what it actually is. Yeah, like I say, it's a three-point gap to Bristol Rovers in twentieth. There are a lot. There are a lot of teams that. A few poor results, and they're back down there with us. Mm, it's true, and relegation won't be decided now, but we're, we're in trouble to be bottom on um, to be bottom going into the new year, which is highly likely because I don't think I, I doubt thoroughly that we'll beat Burton, depending on which side we play. So there's a quite high chance that we're going to be bottom going into the new year. And it really circles back to what Sam said, which was, this is such an unnecessary relegation. Hmm. I think you've also got... if, we, if we just had a load of rubbish players who we couldn't get much more of, then it wouldn't be, feel so bad in a way, but it's just the frustration of it, as much as anything. 
Well, see, I I accept that Adams, with his limited budget, has a series of players with um, flaws in their game. So Fox obviously, you know, excels at passing, but weak defensively, quite weak physically. Sarsfield's strong. He's got good awareness going forward and going back, but his passing just isn't good enough for him to, you know, operate in two-man midfield successfully enough. Ness's average doesn't really have many strengths, not many weaknesses, but when, when you start to piece those together, you get a very solid midfield, but one we're not using. Mm. I think we should also give a shout-out to Ladapo because he has been a success of the season. We 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 say that he's... um. We, we want... I want him dropped, and I think I'd speak for the rest of us, because I think you, you're in agreement that we want him dropped, not because... He's a bad player, but because he doesn't fit our system, it, mm-hmm. so it's a case of um, if if we were to bring Taylor back in for Ladapo, that would improve the team and get the team playing better. But Ladapo himself has been a success, and yeah. you you look at there's there's not two the bridge between him being part of Argyle's best team and not being part of Argyle's best team isn't. It's not a very long bridge. It either takes some midfield replacement. We'd need a whole new midfield, really, to get to totally scrap what we have and bring in players of higher individual quality. Or you have to look at Ladapo himself and say, you've got a series of places you need to improve. That One will be your awareness and your interlinking play. Another will be your aerial strength. But o- overall, there's a makings of a very good player in there. It reminds me a little bit of Sam Winnell and that he, he could do a bit of everything and be a sort of complete striker in the right team. Ladapo can still be you know a major player in League One in the future, but just not yet, I don't think. Okay, a couple more questions. First off, okay, we'll go through one by one. Would would you sack Adams? Sam first? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I would have sacked him months ago. When would I you have sacked him? Sack him now. I think that the game I turned was probably after Doncaster home in September. Um, and why would you? Why was that your yes? He has to go then. Well, I think the fact that we'd gone through all of August, and September without a league win was pretty shocking. We were just starting to get cut a little bit adrift. I accept that he then brought himself more time with a much improved October. You know, it would have been churlish to sack him after October. But then now that the, the complete dip back down again has happened, we've only had two wins each in all of November and December, which is a pretty shocking statistic as well. I think he's the fact he still has not played the best front six together. He's barely even got close to it, apart from one or two occasions. Um, yeah, t- time to go. Just completely um, start shooting himself in the foot with his selection and the tactics. Uh, Tom, go. I think. I think. I feel there's a, there's better options out there. With sort of uh, Gary Bowie, uh, Paul Hurst, that kind of mould we can bring in. I feel as though the turning point for me probably started with Shrewsbury. And slowly as the slowly as the game sort of Accrington and then obviously Wimbledon have drawn on, I feel like I've just I've just got to that point where I feel we need to start looking elsewhere before we do finally start to get cut adrift at the bottom of the table. Adam. I think going into January, my point was that you either get a new manager or you get a new midfield or it's relegation. It looks like well, either one of them's looking like quite far off at the moment, but I think personally speaking, I'd bite the bullet now, pay off the manager, get somebody else in that's going to play our best team, as I describe it. So yeah, I've had a very, very roundabout way there of saying, yes, I'd get rid of him. 
Right, cool. Um, let's let's also say goal. I mean, it, it's arguably redundant after the scream that the fox scored, but let's go for goal of the season so far. Cast your mind back. Think back at the best goals you've seen. There really isn't any competition in there. Let's be honest. Okay, what about the top three then? Okay. Um, Adam, you want to go first? You got now. some in mind? Hmm. Um. Aside from the delightful second goal at Rochdale, I think I'd <laughs> possibly... I, I look at... Um, it meant nothing, but it was an excellent strike by Kerry against Doncaster, slamming it off the bar. It gave us a bit of joy. There was the um, Ladapo opener against Barrett, and I thought it was a very good individual Oh, goal. that was a great goal. Lemires against Doncaster? Yeah, good goal. yeah. So I think a top three... Well, that, those can be second or third. Obviously, David Fox will take the crown and we probably won't see a better goal for a very long time scored by our goal but yeah I, I'd have possibly Ladapo's Burton goal second I'll put Kerry's Doncaster goal third Tom? I've, I've got Decker that I think they're probably the best three we've seen obviously the Doncaster game was incredibly poor but we couldn't fault the two goals that we scored so they're both fantastic and obviously not going to beat Fox at number one I think that's probably the best Argyle goal I've seen since probably Lewis Alessandra against um, oh, that Birmingham. Birmingham goal. Yeah, hmm. that was a stunner. Well, I'm I, I'm going to rate my best of all time. It's got to be Kerry at Blackpool last season. Oh, so he was running. Per- the way he hit that ball is absolutely insane. Best goal I've ever seen in in person by a four or against Argyle. Absolutely the best goal I've ever seen. Why is he even trying to shoot from there? Because he's yeah. Graham Kerry, and it absolutely worked. You know ridiculous goal I, I, I actually stood there I didn't even celebrate for about a minute I was just stood there taking it in that I'd actually seen that goal and it was a really crap trip home because we'd just thrown away a 2-0 lead and yeah. we draw 2-2 and it was a really miserable trip home and then when I did get home I thought actually you know what I saw that goal that made the whole trip worth it every penny <laughs> worth it I think the only one, other one I'd throw in there just because it was such a beautiful assist was Ladapo's goal against Wimbledon because that that ball from Kerry was absolutely outstanding. Great, yeah. To from the distance he was at to raise it over the keeper and over the defence and drop it on the back post. I think it might have even been going in before Ladapo nudged it over the line for about a yard. But the the ball in you know is a simple passing to him by Lemiris, but the skill from Kerry was sublime in that. I always like. I think I always prefer a a goal that's got good build up play to just a long-range screamer. I always think there's a bit more skill in it. So you remember that Jack Wilshire goal against Norwich or something like that from a few years back? Yeah. That, that, that mm. was always my goal of the season, just because I, I love the individual skill and the close control involved. So that one stood out for me. I think Joel Grant's been done a bit of a disservice as well. His goal against Luton was pretty damn good. Oh, I forgot that one. Yeah. Completely forgot that. Slammed at him. Mm. Yeah, that's actually that's probably second. Actually, I could have completely forgot. I completely forgot that one. Not so much a great goal, but a great moment. I suddenly kind of really realised the other day. Probably the best moment this season has had is, is Edward striking it in that first goal at Warsaw. Yeah, that, was, that too. Because <laughs> we, we we'd really you know had um, after quite a dodgy start to the game, we really um, getting back control of the game, playing pretty well. Probably deserved the lead just about by the time we took it. Yeah. And it was just such a great story for Edwards on his return to the team to get that goal in. It was a it's opening day as well. emotional moment. The opening day, it looked like it was a continuum of last season. <laughs> Going on to I, challenge for promotion. <laughs> I just don't think we've had such a good moment. That was 35 minutes in the opening day of the season. And I, don't, I don't think we've had such a good moment since, have we really? <laughs> Probably not. God, that's mm. sad. Let's end that there and let's go on to our big Christmas slash New Year's quiz. So this is how it's going to work. We've got 
two individual rounds, so everyone will have their own turn. Uh, first round is season-based, the second round is player-based, and after that we'll have three um, collective buzzer rounds, and then we'll have a winner. So, these are going to be tough. A lot of these questions are quite difficult, but you have to answer them quickly, okay? Because otherwise this is going to take an hour to edit and I will not be happy. <laughs> right, so... Okay, who wants to go first? Yeah, go on. Okay, Sam, I want you to pick a number. Two, five, or seven? Seven. Seven, right. Your season is 2017-18. Are you ready? Oh, yeah, Ooh. I'm ready. Do right. You're going to have a very short period of time to answer. I will buzz you out if you don't, aren't quick enough. All right, okay. True or false? After Gary Miller was sent off against Bristol Rovers, Argyll had received more red cards than league points. False. Correct. From January 1st to the end of the season, how many penalties did Argyll win? Seven. Incorrect, eight. Bonus point question. Last season, Kerry scored his first, career's goal, first career goals with his head and his right foot. Which sides did these goals come against? Berry with the right foot, Gillingham with the head. Correct. Uh, after returning from injury, Ryan Taylor started 20 league matches for Argyle. How many did he win? 13. Incorrect, 14. David Fox made port more passes than any other player. To nearest 100, how many passes did he complete? Oh, I'm no good at these. I mean, to the nearest 100, 100. come on. I, uh, Quickly. 800? Sorry? 800. Incorrect, 1700. Including penalties. Oh, part of my language. Um, edit that out. <laughs> Sorry, carry Including on. Including yeah. penalties. Robert Tullock faced 14 shots on target. How many did he save? Three. Correct. How many <laughs> matches did Argyle's longest unbeaten run last? Eight. Correct. How many different players scored braces during matches last season? During matches, uh, I'm going to say five. Incorrect, two. Yeah, Kerry was just one, one of just two players to score two back-to-back goals in two games. Uh, who was the other? Back-to-back goals in two games, eh? But you just said it was only two players you've got. I don't understand the question, right? Graham Kerry was one of just two players to score back-to-back uh, to, to score in back-to-back games on two occasions. Um, uh, Ryan Taylor. Incorrect, Joel Grant. Of the four goalkeepers to start a league match for Argyle, who conceded them at the lowest rate? Michael Cooper. Oh, oh, oh. Timed out, I'm afraid. Oh, <laughs> Kelly start, okay. Yeah, I was going to say Ruth. Start no. a league match. Yeah, okay, right. Okay, right, who's next? You're going to have to swear, swear blue go on. Yeah, I've got one, don't I? Is that Tom? Yeah, go on. Yeah, crack on. Uh, yeah. Okay, number two or five? Five. Right, your season is 2015-16. Are you ready? Yeah. As voted by, as voted on by the fans, who scored Argyle's goal of the season? Ruben Reid. Incorrect, Lewis Rooney. True or false, all four of Argyle's goals against Exeter were scored by lone players? False. Incorrect, true. Bonus point question. Luke McCormick and Christian Walton recorded assists against which teams? Newports. And? Uh, Morecambe. Incorrect. Notts County and Dagenham. Of the 54 games played, how many did Argyle fail to score in? Seven. Incorrect. Eight. How many goals did Carey score from outside the box? Seven. Incorrect. Five. 
Who was the only player to start every game of the season? Nelson. Correct. Argyle's under-18s won which youth tournament? Youth trophy. Incorrect. The Southwest Youth Alliance. How many players scored on their debuts? Four. Incorrect. Three. Argyle won their Boxing Day match following a goal by which player? Banton. Qu Banton? Yeah, it was that. 15-16. Oh, 15-16. Um, Reed. Incorrect. Ryan Brunt. Yeovil. Last question. After joining the club on loan in January, how many penalties did Jordan Forster give away? Three. Correct. Two, Tom. Terrible. I expected. I expected better. <laughs> I mean, Jason Banton. Yeah. That was poor. Head one. Right hand. <laughs> Needs me making notes of these scores. Don't want to forget. Right. So that was two for Tom. Uh, that's right. So Sam was uh, one, two, three. 800 passes. Uh, four, five. Five for Sam. Mm, could, could be worse, I suppose. Oh, I mean, you've got a clear lead over Tom. Yeah. <laughs> Sam has five. Tom has two, which means Adam's last. Right, Adam, your season 2016-17. You ready? Okay. As I'll ever be. Right. To the nearest five, what percentage of chances did Graham Carey create out of the entire team? 40. Incorrect, 35. Argo played Newport County five times during the season. What was the aggregate score? Oh my god. Um, 10-4 to Argo. Incorrect, 14-3. Bonus point question. Carey scored three kicks in which matches? Um, Mansfield and... Mansfield? Correct, correct. Um, how many players started at least 50 matches? Uh, three. Correct. Who won the Richard Phillips Trophy for the Apprentice of the Year? Alex Fletcher. Correct. Argyle beat Newport County 1-0 in the FA Cup to progress to the third round tie with Liverpool. Who won the penalty? Who which Graham Carey scored? David Goodwillie. Correct. Argyle's longest unbeaten run lasted how many matches? Um, 11. Incorrect, 14. Who, sorry, that was unbeaten league run, I should say. Um... Who was the only player to score goals in at least three games? Three consecutive games. Me. Um, Graham Carey? Incorrect, Matt Kennedy. From the first game of the season to the last, how many days did Argyle spend outside the top three? Hmm, uh, 25. Incorrect, 28. Who assisted Argyle's first goal of the season? I've got to remember what it was. Um, Gary Miller? Correct. So, okay. You did very well at that. That was clearly the easy Thank one. You. So that was. Well, I'll see how it is. One, two. <laughs> <laughs> one, two. Um, didn't have that one. Six. Six for Adam. So I'll Adam gets that. six there, and Adam is into the lead. Oh, the pressure's on now. Pressure is on. I don't like this at all. Right, next round is the individual round, and we will do it in reverse order. So Adam's first. Adam? Okay. Only to pick between Oxford, Exeter, and Barnsley. Oh my god. Um, Oxford. Your player is Curtis Nelson. You ready? Okay, yeah. Nelson made his debut at what age? 17. Correct. Against which side did Nelson score his first goal? Northampton. Correct. Bonus point question. Which two teams did Nelson receive straight red cards against? 
Um, Portsmouth and Oxford. Incorrect. Cheltenham and Huddersfield. Nelson scored his final goal for Argyle against which side? Um, would that Quickly. be Oxford? Incorrect. Hartlepool. Nelson captained Dart his first match against which side? Oh, um, Southend. Incorrect. Cheltenham. True or false? Nelson it represented England at youth level while at Argyle. False. Incorrect. True. In what season did Nelson win the Young Player of the Year award for the second time? 2012-2013? Incorrect. 2013-14. <laughs> Against which side did Nelson score following an Ollie Norburn assist? Morecambe? Incorrect. Exeter City. Nelson's first two appearances for Argyle came against which team? Not a clue. Portsmouth. Incorrect. Notts County. Finally, Nelson reached 200 Football League appearances at a younger age than Kevin Hodges. How many months, by how many months was he younger? One. Incorrect. Seven. Wow. So that was a tougher round for you then. You got... Just a bit. Two, I think. Well, I mean... Yeah, I have no, I have no good comments on that one at all. Well, that's eight for Adam. Striking distance for Sam and Tom. Tom, Exeter or Barnsley? Barnsley. And your player? Well, have you guessed who your player is? Haran. Correct. It's not yeah. a very difficult code to break, is it? Nah. <laughs> 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 um, okay, you ready? Yeah. How many assists did Haran complete for Argyle? Thirty-five. Incorrect, 16. Hurahan's first assist for Argyle came in the team's first win of the 2011-12 season. Who scored from his cross? Quickly. Reeves. Incorrect, Warren Feeney. Bonus point question. Which teams did Hurahan score free kicks against? Uh, Dagenham and Portsmouth. Incorrect for Dagenham, but correct for Portsmouth. Hurahan only scored one goal with his right foot. Who was it against? Portsmouth again. Incorrect, Morecambe. Hurahan scored his first goal against which side? Dagenham. Correct. John Sheridan made the following comments about Hurahan after playing which team? Quote, I thought he was unbelievable. Morecambe. Incorrect, Port Vale. How many of Hurahan's 16 goals came from outside the box? Five. Incorrect, nine. True or false? Hurahan never assisted more than one goal in a single game. True. True. Against which side was Hurahan sent off for taking a free kick too quickly? Morecambe. Incorrect. Sam? Dorchester in the Yeah, Dorchester in the cup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hurahan first captain the side against which team? Wimbledon. Incorrect. Bristol Rovers. Right. That was... Didn't get Dorchester right, so that's three points. So, Tom, up onto five. Still all to play for. And uh, now level with Sam. And Sam's is, as he's already guessed, Ruben Reed. Ready, Sam? Far away. I'm ready. Against which side did Reed score, score his 50th goal? York. Correct. How many years passed between Reed's final game for Argyle as a youth product and its return on loan from Yeovil? Six. Correct. Bonus point question: Which two which two goalkeepers assisted goals for Reed? One of them was Luke McCormick for sure, Knox County. The other one, I'm going to say, I'm going to go uh, Jake Cole. Correct, correct. 
True or false? Reed scored a perfect hat-trick against Lincoln City. False. Correct. How many assists did Reed record during his time as Argyle? Twelve. Incorrect. Twenty. Reed's first goal for Argyle came against which side? South End. Correct. In his third game back on loan from Yeovil, uh, Reed assisted a goal for which player? Banton. Correct. Reed's hat trick was the first by an Argyle player since uh, against Exeter since which year? 1931 or something, wasn't it? Incorrect. 1929. Had, no, close. It, had I said hint, the stock market crashed. Would you have got it? Yes, Wall Street crash. Yeah, that would that would have given me it. Yeah. How many of Reed's goals are penalties? 14. Incorrect, 12. After three goals in 20 games at the start of the 2013-14 season, Reed hit form by scoring how many in the next 11? 9. Incorrect, 10. Oh. That was a good round, though. It's a good round. Yeah, I'm happy with that. You had I'm 1, 2, that. 3, 4, 5, uh, 6, 7. 7 for Sam. Takes a commanding lead. In our 2018 quiz, pretty happy with that. I'm happy with the I'm happy with the band the abandonedness for Oldershot. That was right in front of me. Remember it very well. Yeah, oh, that does help when you can remember it happening. Um, yeah. Okay, next round. It's general knowledge, but it's a Christmas slash New Year's general knowledge. This is a case of whoever buzzes first, and by buzzes I mean whoever messages me on Facebook first. So. Oh, okay. Have your messenger open, and whoever it appears has messaged me first will answer the question, okay? Okay. Question one. In which year did Argyle last play on Christmas Day? So Sam buzzes in first. So, Sam. 1963. Incorrect. Tom and Adam? Adam's in first. 64. Incorrect. Tom? 1923. Incorrect. 1957. Next question. Bonus point question. Gary Sawyer has scored two goals on Boxing Day. Name the teams. It's Adam first. MK Dons, Cardiff City. Correct, correct. Two oh, points so for Adam. <laughs> that so so I knew that I'm Sam blaming, would have that. I'm blaming my Wi-Fi here. <laughs> Sorry, carry oh, on. I'll get data okay. on this. Next question. Who was the last player to score twice on Boxing Day? It's Tom in first. Ashley Hemmings? Incorrect. Just having a think. Um, I, mean, I don't know. Oh, Adam's no, in. No. Ruben Reed. Yeah. Correct. Twice against Mets. Oxford. Literally, it was just before I came to mind that Adam met I've been Adam saying the same all evening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> true. It's a good start for Adam. What we'd like to see. Which one of Argyle's all-time top ten goal scorers was born on New Year's Day? Sam's in. Mickey Evans. Correct. Loving that one. Easy. This one easy for Sam. Part of my, my deep bank of obscure Argyle knowledge from the mid-noughties that nobody else had. Happy enough with that. Easy for Sam. So that's a point for Sam. 
13 points, he leads Adam on 11, Tom on, Tom's still on 5. <laughs> There's still opportunities for him to catch up. There's big points available in the next two rounds. To nearest 10, what percentage of matches have Argyle won on Christmas Day? To the nearest 10. Sam in straight away. 40%. Correct, on 40. I'm, sorry, I'm a good editor, I read my writer's articles. Oh, is, is that in, was that in phrases? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that was in phrases. <laughs> well, what, 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 take it out they come. Oh, that worked out nicely for you. Okay. Next question. Who is the youngest Argyle player to ever score on his full debut? Oh, Adam. Um, in. I'm not as sure as I thought, but Tyler Harvey. Correct. Oh. We all, we all knew that one, didn't we? Yeah. I started to doubt myself, but I'm glad. Who was the last Argyle captain? Oh, hold on one second. I haven't written down the answer for this question. Give me one second. This is embarrassing. <laughs> hey, cool. There we go. Okay, I have the answer. Right. Next question. Who was the last Argyle captain to score on New Year's Day? Was that Tom in first? Yeah, I think yeah. it was Tom in first. Curtis Nelson? Incorrect. And Adam's in? Connor Hurahan? Correct. Adam is quick on the buzz here. He's picking up points. I hope Tom's good at anagrams. No. He's going to need to get some of these right. Argyle recorded their last New Year's Eve victory against Crawley in 2016. Which player opened the scoring? Sam in. Ah, it was um, Craig Tanner. Incorrect. <laughs> oh, damn it! And it is Adam. Oscar Threlkeld. Correct. Uh, we got a second goal there. Tanner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Adam draws level. Yeah. 14 apiece, Tom on 5. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start feeding Tom some of the answers. Um, you can't laugh, you'll cry. <laughs> how many points did Argyle pick up during the four game Christmas period last season? Straight in with Tom. 10. Correct. Hey! Tom gets <laughs> back in the game. <laughs> At least it wasn't Adam. At least I'm not, at least I'm not losing now. <laughs> Sam, I can tell Sam's feeling the pressure. I am, I really am. Que- last bone. Uh, this is the last general knowledge question. Argyle have played Exeter on New Year's Day twice. What was the score both times? Sam in. Well, it's a complete guess. I'm going to go 1 1 the first time, then a 1 0 Argyle win the second they're, time. They're the same score both times. Oh, 1 1 then. Incorrect. In comes Tom. 2-1 Exeter. Incorrect. Adam has a free shot. Um, 1-0 Argyle. Incorrect. 2-2. Phew. Okay. So at the end of that, with two rounds left, Sam and Adam are tied on 14. And I can feel, I know that Sam's feeling the pressure because there's a lot expected of him to do well here. (laughs) Sam's a a lot of big anorak. Right, 
So and Tom is trailing on six, but <laughs> in the next round, there's five points for each correct answer. That's why there a gaping chasm will open up, or Tom will claw back some points. Right, pens ready because it's the anagram round, the cryptic round. Is, is it another buzzer? Another buzzer round. It there? is going to be a buzzer. You buzz when you have the answer. Okay. Okay. And you will have a grand total of thirty seconds to get it. Okay. Okay. So small windows. Right, your first is Ake, sorry, which player, player, is Ake Army Rag, that's A-C-H-E-A-R-M-Y-R-A-G, 30 seconds, starting now, buzz already from Sam, Graham Carey, correct, 5 points for Sam, oh I did 5 for now, bloody hell, okay, quick start there, the second, which player is Drop Fade Ideal? That's D R O P F A D E I D E A L. Buzz from Sam. Freddy Ladapo. Correct. Five more points for Adam, uh, well, Sam. It, it's been fun, everyone. But. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Who is Ailment Sloth? A-I-L-M-E-N-T-S-L-O-T-H I've just realised the timer I set was for 30 minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> I might have got it by then. Sam's in. Is it Anthony Sarsovich? Incorrect. Ah, damn it. Note, I did not say the word player. Oh. Adam's in. Simon Hallett. Correct. Five points for Adam. Back in the game. This is potentially the most fun I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go too far. Next year's will be a proper bonanza. Um, <laughs> we'll have phone a friend and everything. Oh, yes. My friend okay. Sam. <laughs> okay. Which... Are you ready? Yeah. Which player is Jessamine? J-E-S-S-A-M-I-N-E Tom's in Ness Correct Five points for Tom (laughs) Thank you Tom For not letting Adam get it (laughs) (laughs) I can feel the rivalry between the two Just playing for fun Nothing 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 personal Which non-player is Lawton Pout? L-A-W-T-O-N-P-O-U-T. Adam's in already. Paul Watton. Correct. Oh. He ties it with the third Sam. We are in... Frustratingly, we might have to have a tiebreaker because the final round is actually quite difficult and I'm not certain anyone's going to get it. Okay. Right. Last uh, anagram. 
which non-player is it mental? I T M E N T A L. Non-player. Sam's in already. I was going to say James Brent, but it's not. Is it? I went too, too quick. Late. I panicked. You're no, out. yeah, not James Brent. It mental. I T M E N T A L. Non-playing staff. Oh. Adam is in. Matt Neal. Matt Neal is correct. Oh, the analyst. Oh, of all the people um, for you to language, not get yeah, Sam. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really, really, really bad. You smile on my face when he said James <laughs> Brent on that one. Uh, that's just, that was pure panic. That was really was pure panic. They're okay, so going into the final round. Adam leads by 29. Sam has 24. Ad, uh, Tom has 11. However, the final round is worth 25 points. Oh, yeah, of course it's, it is. It's difficult. It might not... Okay. So it's, it's doable, but I think it's just as likely that someone doesn't get it as someone does get it. Okay. So again, it'll be a buzz. Now, listen yeah. closely. Take the shirt number of Andres Gurrieri. Add the number of goals scored by Ruben Reed. Divide it by the number of assists recorded by Ruben Lemiris last season. Multiply it by the number of starts made by Keelan Lavery. The number oh, of starts. Bloody hell. Which current player wears this shirt number? Go. Oh, yeah. Joking me. I will read that out again. Go Take on. the shirt number of Andres Gurrieri... Add the number of goals by Ruben Reed. Divide it by the number of assists recorded by Ruben Lemiris last season. Multiply it by the number of starts made by Keelan Lavery. Who wears the shirt number? Tom, I think, has buzzed. Smith Brown. Incorrect. That was his chance to win it. Adam is in. Luke Jeffcott. Incorrect. Okay. Sam this is... needs this to win it. This is my moment. Okay. So, because obviously there's going to be no one, no one, no one else is going to get the chance. So I'm going to kind of just talk talk through it if I if, you if can. I may. But I'm so setting I think, a time so it... limit of one minute. Okay. So we've got so 50 30 is, seconds. Um, it's Reed's goal plus 27 for Gurrieri uh, is 87. So divide it by Ruben Lemire. I don't know how many assists he's got. I'm going to say. At a push, I, I believe the figure is eight, but I'm, I could be wrong. And it's times by. Uh, oh, sorry, what was it times by? The number of stars made by Keelan Lavery. And that's four, so that would bring me up to 43. Um, do we have a 43? How much time have I got? Um, you have. You have three seconds. Uh, Alex Fletcher. Incorrect. Alex Fletcher. Ah! Uh, take me through that first step again. Oh, uh, it was uh, fifty goals to read. Yep. Plus um, number t- uh, twenty seventy-seven, not eighty-seven. You said eighty-seven. Yeah, I did. I said eighty-seven. I meant seventy-seven. Andres oh, Gurrieri, no. number twenty-seven, plus number of goals scored by Ruben Reed, fifty is seventy-seven. It's Divided 70, by the number of assists <laughs> recorded by Lemiris last season, which was eleven, and you get seven. Yeah. Keelan Lavery made four starts. Four times seven is twenty-eight. And Jordan Bentley wears the shirt number. 28. The answer was Jordan Bentley, which means congratulations, congratulations to Adam, wow. 
who has um, won this year's Christmas Quiz Spectacular. Well done, Adam. Well much. done. Thank you. Um, I'll put in I, a fake round of applause here and there. Brilliant. That's always what I'm after. Best time of your life. <laughs> but absolutely nothing. You're Thank quite you very right. Much. Hang on a second, Nick. Um, two steps. Yeah, I'm just doing the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. I really thought Tom was going to steal it for a moment. Oh, when Tom yeah. buzzed in first, I thought. When Tom buzzed that quickly, yeah, that was um, that, that was, it was it was it was, it was a good one. It was somehow I. To be fair, I, even if I'd not made that eighty-seven howler, I got the um, Lemire's assist wrong yeah. anyway, didn't I? So I but then again, it would have been if, pure guess. If you work. had seventy-seven, you might have thought, "Well, I will divide that by 11 then." Well, yeah. Well, I, I suppose I could have done. Could have got there potentially. That's what I one. ended up doing. I divided it by the eleven and then thought. Lavery made five starts and then something rang a bell that Jeff got wore 35. I don't know if he does. That. Uh, he does wear 35, yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. But no, it's 28. Did, did you know, Tom, were you just guessing based on which player? I know, I had a rough, like, workings out of it. I just, my workings out weren't great. I, had, I, thought oh. the, I thought that Lavery had more starts than he did. He had eight appearances, but only four starts. Mm. But what a four they were, though. Yeah three goals wasn't it but anyhow i'm going yeah, to run off now so. because i want to watch agatha christie but thanks yes, guys for I'm taking the time it's taken an hour so it'll be an awfully long time to edit okay that's our show thank you all so much for listening we all really hope you enjoyed it if you have any feedback ideas or suggestions please do get in touch we want to make this podcast as good as we can don't forget to subscribe and follow the podcast on itunes spotify and stitcher just search for argyle life or green and white and you should be able to find us Thank you all very much for listening, and good night! Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.